This is a Federal News Network podcast. A deluge of electronic records is taking a toll on the government's mostly pen and paper system for declassifying records. That's the big takeaway of a report to the president from the National Archives and Records Administration's Information Security Oversight Office. Mark Bradley is director of the ISOO. He tells Federal News Network's Jory Heckman how agencies can stay on top of their workloads in the digital age. The system we have now is, one, antiquated, and two, actually kind of based in a a Cold War era. Things are changing all the time, and we're not keeping pace with it. So as part of the president's agenda to modernize the government's technology, we didn't want classification, declassification to be uh, forgotten. We are, are not taking a knee, as it were, but we're, we're reevaluating our own processes to make sure that they're modern, too. The templates that we're using, the methods we're using, probably are, are better directed towards a paper environment than they are digital. And since the government is moving almost strictly towards digital, uh, we need to be able to keep our oversight up with what the changes are. So what we're doing is we're going back to the government agencies and saying, look, how exactly are you producing all this data? And two, are we asking the right questions to be able to give proper oversight of this? And three, tell us what information you think would be the most helpful to you to better improve your practices. So again, it's an idea that we need to modernize too. I mean, we can't stand still as an oversight entity. Otherwise, we won't be adding much value to what we're trying to improve. You had mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, you used the word tsunami for this process and yeah. and just the right. backlog that we're, we're dealing with now. In terms of, you know, a ballpark of numbers, you know, where where are we currently with that and how severe of a problem really are we looking at here? Well, that's part of the problem is nobody knows how big the problem is. <laughs> you know, what you're dealing with, you're dealing with also a lot of paper legacy records that stretch back some before World War II. So you've got that tranche to deal with. And then you've got, again, just a a, a digital, repeat the same word again, tsunami coming forward. If you think of how many emails, Joy, you produce a day in your own office, just think if they were classified or or, or just think of the the uh, volume a regular business does, much less a federal agency. So, again, it's important that we, we develop tools to be able to adequately track and be able to monitor the volume of this stuff. Otherwise, we're going to lose control over it. I mean, I've always worried we're going to know more about the American Revolution than we are about this time period in our history because we won't be able to, to get our arms around the, uh, the records. There are too many of them. I'm hearing a lot about the challenges here, but I'd like to kind of pivot the conversation a little bit towards maybe some of the the opportunities or, you know, maybe the solutions going forward. And so, you know, my question for you is, I know that this is a big shift and it's still underway for a lot of agencies, that shift from analog, from paper to digital. And so what's the path going forward of taking what seems to be largely a, a 20th century process and taking it into the 21st century? Right. Well, it's, it's called one word. It's called technology. A lot of this stuff is going to have to be automated. It's going to have to be automated in the sense that machines are going to have to mark the stuff, and then machines are going to also have to declassify it. It's becoming too much now for the human reviewers. I mean, you, we don't have enough reviewers to review anywhere near the, the volume of records that we're beginning to face. So the theme of the report is we need to modernize, and the only way to do that is through technological innovation. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be timely. But if it's going to be done at all, it's going to have to be done with technology. It can't be the way it is now, which is mostly human-based. We can't keep up. It's John Henry and the steam hammer, and, and we're falling farther and farther behind. 
This was, I think, a really telling line in the report, the fact that in some cases agencies still don't know what they previously declassified and then they come back around and in some cases they're not consistent with that. They'll redact that in future disclosures. Yet that seems like a really odd challenge of agencies not really just knowing the inventory of what's already out there. That's true. And you, you, you think of an agency such as the DOD, which is massive. So you can imagine I mean, the Army doing one thing and then you know, the, the main DOD doing something else. It, it's very difficult for these, these entities even to talk to one another in their own agencies, much less across the entire federal government. Again, if we had a way to automate this stuff and had a way to keep it, like, look, we've already done that, or, or you know, we need to do this, it would be much more consistent. It goes back to the sheer volume of this material. Who's got the time to go back and really look and do the proper research, right? It would be a lot, a lot easier if you could, could use a Google system of some sort and just type it in and voila. Part of the challenge, Gloria, has always been they're not seen as high-priority missions, like, for instance, fighting terrorism or something like that, and you get a finite number of dollars, and the agencies will tell you, well, how do you want us to spend it? you want us to spend it on this, or do you want us to spend it tracking this? Both of them are, are, are critical to you know, an agency's functioning. But we need to do this in, in a much more efficient, cheaper way. And the only way to do that that we can figure out is to begin to put technology to the problem and do it government-wide because there's so much information sharing now. It doesn't do any good for CIA to have a Cadillac system and the Department of Commerce not to because CIA then can't share its information with the Department of Commerce. That's a problem because the Department of Commerce needs to know some of the threat information CIA has. It has to be done holistically, and it's got to be done across the government. That really pivots into my next question. I think the last time we spoke with you for the report last year, we had heard from you saying that it was an investment that was starting to build, but there wasn't maybe that inflection point where things really kind of kick into high gear. And so, you know, since that time, we've seen DOD stand up, it's Joint AI Center, it's Jake, and we've seen, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of agencies doubled down with some pilots. And so, have we crested that wave? Is is there momentum building in a way that's really needed? There is. We still have a, a long ways to go. These things that you mentioned are encouraging, and they're certainly pointing in the right direction. But again, our view here is is that this is going to have to come from on high. It's going to be, have to be directed by the White House itself to be able to really make sure the money is properly asked for and then, then allocated, and then these agencies are made to follow through. Because again, the agencies you mentioned, again, it's, it's a handful of uh, very important agencies. Yet what do you do with the ones who haven't moved yet? You can't have a system where you've got two or three or four are way down the field and, and you've got you know, 50 more haven't even, even really started yet. That's why this has to be a government-wide approach. It won't do us any good just to have a, a few way ahead of the others. And even with that force multiplier of AI and government, the recommendations in this report do kind of come down on two other pillars, and that's more full-time staff and more money in the budget. On the people side of things, how do you recruit that next generation of talent and, you know, just as well for the workforce that is already there? How do you rescale and retrain those folks? It's very difficult. When you talk to young people now about serving in the government, one of the first things you hear is, well, what about another shutdown? Or what about this? Or what about that? I mean, the kind of talent we need is of the top drawer to be able to solve these type of technological problems. So we've got to be able to recruit these people 
into the service. I mean, this is a it's a great mental problem to wrestle with. On the other recommendations, on the money front of things, you know, I saw mm-hmm. the line in the report of, of a comprehensive tech investment. And so I'm curious what that looks like. You know, is that a, a central pot of money that agencies can access? You know, it, it, it's interesting that you, you say that. I mean, right now, this money for classification, declassification, and all that is just kind of lumped in the general budget. There's never been a line item for this stuff in any of these agencies' budgets. And so what we're arguing for is, is that in order to get this to proper attention and make sure the money is not reallocated somewhere else, it's got to be dedicated to this problem. And so one of the issues that we're grappling with here is if, if you look at what we're supposed to report on every year, one of the key elements is the cost of this system. No one can tell you in the United States government how much the system costs. I mean, the current system costs, how much it costs to classify and declassify national security information. The numbers are all o- over the uh, field. So right now we're trying to get our, our arms around exactly what kind of numbers we're even talking about with the current system, much less trying to forecast what it's going to cost. But, but we, we, we do know this. Whatever measurements are being used, they're not standard, and they're not being applied across the entire federal branch. So we will be meeting with OMB over the the coming year to try to figure out some reasonable metrics so we can start applying to our own oversight and ask when we go back to the agencies and ask them these questions. I mean, what exactly are you spending on this and how are you spending it? We get back to this great challenge question that this problem presents. I mean, it's an enormous challenge. It really is. Mark Bradley is director of the National Archives and Records Administration's Information Security Oversight Office speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. What will it take to conserve 10 billion acres of ocean, 1.6 billion acres of land, and over 600,000 miles of river? What will it take to protect and restore natural habitats in over 70 countries around the world and in all 50 states here at home? What will it take? You. Together, we will make it happen. It's in our nature. See how your gift can help at nature.org. The Nature Conservancy. Protecting nature, preserving life.